Here's the deal with my papa. Welcome in and hello everyone. Welcome to Here's the Deal with Danny Sitters. Danny, we are on episode 13 here. 13, Welcome. that's a lucky number. So it's going to be a good one today. That's right. Feeling. Thank you, Jordan, again. And Danny, you brought us a sermon on Sunday and Parable of the Good Samaritan is what you, what you preach from, but for some reason I found myself in the ditch on Sunday while you were preaching. <laughs> Why is it that when I read this story before I became a Christian, I thought to myself, oh, I need to be the Samaritan. I need to help people. But why is it so different now when we read it, uh, when you have a bird's eye view of Jesus when we're doing that? Right. So typically, the way I've read the story, like you just mentioned, and the way that it's talked about is there was this guy, this Samaritan, going down the road. He sees somebody in the ditch. He helps him, bandages him, puts him on his donkey, and takes him to the hotel for the night and pays his bill go and do likewise be that person be out there looking do good things be kind kind, you know carry band-aids with you wherever you go just in case you encounter right and and and, and like i said so we've named hospitals after the good samaritan and the good samaritan law and and uh, Samaritan's Purse, oh, great, yeah. great organizations, but that's the mentality. Go out there and do good things for others. And that's a very important principle in life. Um, that's not what the parable of the Good Samaritan mm. is about. It's not really where it's going. It's not really what the emphasis is on. Right. This so Jesus is kind of the first to put good and Samaritan together. That was interesting when you said that. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily in the words, but in the story. Right. This Samaritan is good. And so, as you mentioned, the Samaritan is the enemy. The Samaritan for the, for the Jewish people, again, and don't lump them all in one category. Right, yeah. But it's the, it's the thought it's a it's a the the general sense of a Samaritan that they were the half breeds they were the vile they they didn't understand God uh. their history you know again I'm thinking from the way that the ancient Jews would think their history they've messed it up um, they're not purebred so they didn't they only had to follow the five books of Moses right they yeah they they didn't follow the the law um, they they didn't they had kind of a different um, um, scripture. Uh, But they think they have it right. Hmm. And so, boy, we're going to show them. Um, They are are vile. They are the enemy. And so the point was, the Good Samaritan never was and never will be one of us. I see. He's on the outside. He's the despised one. That's why they made him worship on the outside, too, of the temple, right? Yes. But this is the one that comes along when the other pure-bred Jews and religiously pure folks just walked right on by. Mm. Didn't, didn't have time for this guy's been beat up, right? So this is the one who stopped and took care of the man. It, it is the one that—it would be the last one that we would think would stop and help and do good. The last one that would stop and help me. So yeah, when when you when you do think about the story, and and you kind of catch a glimpse of who Jesus is talking about, yeah. you do find yourself in the ditch, either from 
yeah, being humbled by Jesus. Again, another story of Jesus, right? Yes. So this lawyer comes to Jesus, right? This expert in the law, some of our translations say, and and um, he he wants to know what's what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, Hey, look, read the law. What what does it say? What does Moses say? And uh, so he 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 lands on the great commandment. Love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor, you know, as yourself. Feeling good about it. He's like, I knew that right answer. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah, go, go and do that, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, who is my neighbor? Mm. In other words, yeah, Jesus, but aren't there limits to this? Where's the line at? What's the line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who can I exclude from this list? Right. I mean, if you just wanted to press that line of thinking further, he would probably say, you, you don't mean the Samaritans, do right. you? There you go. Yeah. You, don't, you don't mean Gentiles, do you? you? Oh, you don't mean that group of people over there. Yeah. Or that group of people that live on another side of the planet. What? what you, you know, I mean, I get it. Love God and, and love your neighbor, right? Meaning, love those people who are like you and think like you and look like you and dress like you and who worship like you yeah. mm. and who aren't outside, you know, the box in the way that they might dress or think or live. Mm. And so he's he's looking for those limits. How far do I have to press this? Kind of like when the disciples wanted to know, ask Jesus about how, how, how many times do I have to forgive? <laughs> So again, don't ask Jesus yes. a question. Right. How many times do we have to tell you this? Right? So he says, oh, let me tell you a yes, story. Let me tell you a story. Oh. Mm. So, you know, when I was reading that, and you read off a list of names that uh, hurt me, even though you know a few of the names don't really bother me, but they hurt me because I knew exactly what you were, were getting at. Uh, when you said we were down in the ditch, who was the last person that we would want to come give us CPR. <laughs> and you read off some names, and um, oof, boy, I was very uncomfortable because that is one thing that I, uh, I I got from that part is, man, there's a couple people that I wouldn't want to. I'd be like, no, I think I'll just die. Thanks. Right. Because that's, that's something I'm human. Right. But, man, and we... And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Who would you... And you have to be honest. The story, we, we, we can gloss over this story easily if we don't get honest with ourselves. True. And tell the truth. Who would I just absolutely hate to come along and get me out of the ditch? Yeah. Give me CPR. And then that, that's the person that you would have to thank for saving your life. Right. And so, yes, I went through a list, you know, a athletic people, you know, professional people, Tom Brady and so John Elway. Head with John Elway and Tom Brady around here. <laughs> right. So in Kansas City there, I know there's a hatred for John Elway. Right. Uh, Tom Brady, the man will just not leave. He, he just won't. will not go away and keep pestering us. <laughs> right. And so in, in political figures, I mean, come on, this is a very mm. divisive emotional political world, a political nation that, yeah. that we live in. And so, you know, there we, we, we dig in on sides when it comes to politics. Would it be Donald Trump? Would it be Joe Biden? Right. You know, so local, I mean, you know, statewide leaders. But even more than that, I, I asked the question, or I, I, as far as this list goes, what about an abortion doctor? Yeah. Um, 
What about somebody that's transgender? So now we're getting to the heart of the story of the Good Samaritan. Again, it's easy to brush off and say, well, the Samaritan, oh, that's a nice name. You know, we don't know anything about Samaritan. We didn't we don't have those emotions that well up within us when we hear Samaritan like well, they did. But true. there there are there is a a, a a person or a group of people that when you mention it, you're like, Oh no, absolutely not. Mm. Not that person. Yeah. You see, and I know, listen, I, I know that there there when I when I make this list and what I just said, somebody's going, oh, no, but those people are just willfully sinning. Mm. Um, so did the woman caught in adultery with Jesus, and so did the woman that busted right into, that's not, that's, busted is a southern word there. <laughs> I'm sorry, that burst into the room and anointed Jesus' feet. Yeah. Um, these are some sinful people um, that made everybody else uncomfortable um, in their presence. And, and Jesus didn't flinch. Mm-mm, not once. It doesn't matter to Jesus. It doesn't matter. That's love. So, the uh, another interesting part I got about this from, from the sermon is that in the Old Testament, uh, Hosea says, "As marauders lie in ambush for a victim, so do bands of priests. They murder on the road to sh- to Shechem, carrying out their wicked schemes." So. When, this story that Jesus was telling, I cannot help but think that the people in attendance and that lawyer, their mind was back there like, oh man, the prophets are talking about this. And they should have known, in my mind, the lawyer should have said, oh, he knows, I know who my neighbor is, but he's trying to test him. So I am curious as to why did he continue to push Jesus to get him the answer that he wanted? It's just amazing how humans can do that. Exactly the same reason I push back. I I don't want to accept it. Yeah. I I don't want to believe that God could love other people like I believe he loves me uh, because of their life. Yeah. Because of who where they live. God wouldn't do that. No. So it's it's at the end of the day, it's not God; it's me. I'm the one Ouch. that yeah. won't love them. You know, but again, thanking God every day, God loves me and God forgives me, and God can spend time. You know that I can spend time in God's presence because of Jesus. I just don't want that for for that person. That person, that yeah. person needs to be held responsible. That person needs to. Um, um, suffer the consequences. They need to get their act together, you know. So until then, not not me. I'm not going to um, accept them or, or love them. Yeah. When you when you look back in the Old Testament, it's it's very 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 interesting that God is not only about Israel, but God is about the Gentile nations. Yes. And God is about grace. Even in the Old Testament, yeah. with people like David, you know, several folks should have been stoned, and they didn't. They got they got grace, yeah. and 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 God will tell the Israelites, "Hey, do you need to take care of? Watch out for these Gentiles and care for them and and bring them in." And say, "Wait a minute, now this, okay, I get it in the New Testament, right? Jesus and Jesus changed all the rules, and Jesus is love, yeah, and, right? He, new covenant, yeah, new covenant." God's doing it in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's, it's not new, 
uh, it might be new for me, and, and, and maybe I've never heard of that, never thought of it that way, but that's what God has been about from, from the very beginning. So back to your question about the lawyer, he did not want to accept this. Yeah. He didn't want to. Uh, that doesn't, there's so much about Jesus and the way he taught and the way he lived that just, there is no other uh, experience in the world like Jesus. True. The way the world treats each other, the way, you know, again, governments are established and and, and the way that businesses are run and um, the way that um, we structure our lives and treating people, we often just don't experience grace. Mm. We don't experience love. And, and so it's hard. It's hard when we come to an assembly once a week and hear a story like this and and then spend the other six days in a world where it's completely opposite. Yeah, you don't experience it. Uh, and the world says, no, 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 don't don't love those people. You need to hate those people. Yeah. You need to hate them because in their heart of hearts, they're evil. They they may say one thing, but they really mean another thing. And boy, you got to watch out for them and don't get caught up in that. Don't get sucked into their ideology mm. and their views and their religion and their politics. You know, I had a thought because I, uh, like most people, I see a lot of posts on Facebook, everything from food, you know, by the way, can I just can I just say, um, I'm not sure we're all that interested in the picture of the food that you ate for lunch. I just say that as a friend to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you get pictures of food and your dog. Bless you, that that is a cute dog, but one picture is enough. Right. I yeah. think. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how I got off on that, but. Um, we, we get all these this back and forth, this political stuff, and one side says this, and the other side says that, and no, that's not true, and no, you're not true about what you said's not true because this is true, and you're not true, but I have the truth, and just you know what I'm saying, just back and forth and back yeah. and forth. And I always thought, you no, know, I thought, this, what would Jesus say about all this? Hmm. I wonder what he would say to that, and I wonder where this saying of Jesus comes into play. You know what? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Yeah. Just go ahead and give that to him. Give to God what belongs to God. And I wonder how much Caesar talk that the church is involved in. Mm. Caesar politics, Caesar talk, Caesar worship. Yeah. In the name of Yahweh God. Right. And we don't, we would never say that. Hey, you know, I'm a Christian, but golly gee, I'm just going to talk Caesar all week long. Yeah. Wow. You know, and Jesus over there going, that's fine. If you want to do that, go ahead. Just, that's fine. I'm, I'm not getting involved with it. What, Jesus, we didn't know if you're supposed to pay taxes or not. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't know to pay taxes. I don't, I don't have time for that. How about you love people? Yeah. Yeah, but it don't, or shouldn't we be responsible citizens? And You know what? Yeah, let's give to Caesar what... That's fine. How about give to God what belongs to Him? Because the church, the foundational truth of the church is that we are to be this 
um, ground up, you know, bottom up um, movement that changes one heart at a time. Yeah. And how do you do that? You love people. You love your neighbor. And and the neighbor, probably in in you know in in, in our world, isn't going to think like you think. They're going to have crazy views. Oh yeah. They're going to have crazy lifestyles. Um, you may have to swallow your pride a little bit. I think it's it's also going to involve at some point going to places that we're not comfortable. Oh yeah. So by the the next sermon I'm going to do, you know, you're preaching this Sunday yes. with Marianne, and I'll be out of town. When I come back, taking this overview, looking at how many parties and weddings and festivals and celebrations Jesus went to. Oh boy, that's going to be a long sermon because he went to a lot. <laughs> he he liked he liked those celebrations. He loved going to those places, yeah. places that um, you and I probably wouldn't be comfortable going. Probably. Well, I well, I say that now, but you know. I have, I've probably already been to those places back in my 20s, so I just would feel a little bit different now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he celebrated all the time. I love that. Um, so when we are under the law, when we have these ideas and walls built up that we're sh- are sheltered, uh, sheltering us, it's like our, we're unable to open our eyes to what uh, is really happening around us and who our neighbor is. So if we have these walls built up, of laws and restrictions on us. Jesus comes in and says, love your neighbor. And we want to go, well, I need to know who the neighbor is. I need a picture and all this other stuff. And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's broad. Just love your neighbor. That kind of opens our minds and it, 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 it makes us uncomfortable, like you said. So how is it that we can easily take down these walls when Jesus says something like, love your neighbor? And we're like, well, hold on. I have to ask you who my neighbor is because I don't know. So is there a certain way that we can trick ourselves or, or learn to teach ourselves that everyone is our neighbor. Yeah. Because we have been, I don't say indoctrinated, but we have been taught a certain way that that person over there is not your neighbor. Yeah. No, it's hard. It, it's hard. Well, let me say it this way. It's hard for me. Yeah. And if we have spent um, much time within organized religion and church and I use that term loosely. Yeah. Uh, in the past <laughs> decades, centuries, it's it's tough. Um, again, let me let me say this. Part of our challenge is that the church has focused more on the mission of Jesus than on the message of Jesus. So, so again, let me you know, explain, the mission is the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. Again, critical, critical for our well-being, forgiveness, life, being, being a follower of Jesus. But preceding the mission, Jesus spent three years with a message. True. That was the foundation for the mission. And I think it it could be argued that without the message of Jesus, his teachings and his lifestyle and what he stood for and who he hung around, without the message, the mission loses a lot, if not everything. Right. That's true. I'm just, hey, I don't want to go to hell, yeah. you know, mentality. I'll, I'll get saved. Yeah. 
I don't know how, you know, again, what would Jesus do, those those armbands that we used to wear? Right. I have no clue what Jesus would do at work, or but, but I'm saved. I, I'm, I'm saved. And so that's been, a, I think, a, an, an issue that we've had. We just... It's not that we just neglected, right? So if you've been in church, you'll hear the stories of Jesus. Sure. We just don't know how to apply them. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where that fits in the context of my life, and 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 so the church, we we don't know how to do. It. To me, the best way that we learn how to apply the message of Jesus is we have to do it collectively. Hmm. There you go. We have to do it collectively. The church. Right, the plural you. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there'll be times for individual uh, ministry and mission, but we we got to do it together because I got to tell you, it, it scares me. Yes. You mean I might have to go over there and talk to them and love them, right? And they may not love me back, and they may say something or do something. You know, will you go with me? Can we get a group? Can I hide behind you? You know, but but really, we we have to do it collectively. So that's part of the the reason why that um, I think it's such a challenge to just live and love like Jesus. The other is again, and these are just my ideas, my thoughts that when Jesus came and lived and taught and loved. Now, now, again, the way he taught and lived and loved made the religious people angry. Yes, they did. <laughs> like he's always expanding. It's like, you know, expanding the box. They don't like this. Yeah. Keep the box rigid and firm and stay within the box. And Jesus just will not do it. And so you watch him live, you know, and again, healing on the Sabbath. I'm just convinced he knew it when he woke up. It's Sabbath. He smiles and here he goes. Because again, it, for Jesus, I think Jesus knows that we have to be agitated to to learn and to change. Mm. And if Jesus isn't agitating you and causing you to sit and think, and sometimes not to sleep very well at night, I'm not sure we're getting Jesus. Yeah. So here's Jesus living and loving and going places that we wouldn't go and talking to people. I mean, now, now think about the story in John 4 of the Samaritan woman and Jesus, knowing what we know about the Samaritans. Yeah. That's just ph- phenomenal. It's phenomenally risky. Very risky. On his part mm-hmm. to, to do it. He's loving, he's going, he's celebrating, he's healing, he's forgiving. I mean, it's just wide open. You know, it's as you said, I give you credit, it's jubilee. That's right. Jesus is jubilee. Oh, yeah. It's a party. Hey, Jesus, now, now, why don't your disciples fast and, and pray and, you know, and Jesus said, when the bridegroom's here, it's time to party. That's right. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, they'll have a time to do that. You guys go ahead and just be somber and, you know, with a... Look like you've been eating sour apples. Go ahead and help yourself, but not. We're not. Uh-uh. We're, we're on a mission we're of really. celebration. That's right. So he he's got this. He he just breaks open the box, and people want to kill him for it. But but we see this. I mean, if we take time and 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 really focus on Jesus, his life, his message, his teachings, it's like wow. He does see the world differently. Yeah. But over time. 
Christians, religion starts to shrink that box back. Mm. So what we did was we moved from the message of Jesus and jumped right over you know, to the, to the uh, mission of Jesus and right into the first century church with the epistles mm. and church doctrine. So again, most of the teaching I ever heard growing up was from Acts to, I was going to say Revelation, but Revelation does not get in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, what kind of church you went to with them. Yeah. Like, wow, yeah. okay. No, it was Acts to Jude. <laughs> so, yeah, really. So you got to cut it off. Yeah. We spent all our time talking about the structure of the church yeah. and, 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 you know, and all those, and, and all those letters. And it's like Jesus and his message just got moved to the background. And so, again, we just started tightening the box back. Mm. And what does a respectable Christian, how do, how do we think and how do we live and how do we act? And, and it's like Jesus sort of blew up this box that was created by Pharisees and, you know, Essenes and all those religious groups. That, and, and, and he blows it up or he stretches it way out and then he goes back to heaven and we put it all back together again. What are the new covenant rules? What is the blueprint? How do we function according to the um, to the pattern? Right. Yeah. Those are all words from my growing up days. Where is the adventure? Where did the adventure go? And where is the celebration? And you know, what if? What would church look like if Jesus was the the minister? Mm. If he was leading leading worship? Wow. Would it be like what we created? Um, would the pe the majority of the people in the church look like us? Or yeah. I wonder who Jesus would invite. Yeah. I have a feeling I would be the minority. Yeah, I, I yeah, I bet so. I mean, think about it. Boy, I bet it would be exciting. Although, here, here's the challenge: you'd have to listen to him tell a story every week. That's right. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Sitting in the pew, getting convicted. Like, oh man! Like, yeah. you, you would go to the elders. I want to know who hired this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get somebody else. Like, come on now. Um, I always thought that the story was um, kind of like an, an indictment against anybody who has raised up uh, protective barriers to keep certain people out. I've always thought that like that's an indictment on you guys, the ones that have done that. I've always thought that way about that story, and especially Sunday when you made me look at it from the ditch. Totally, I don't want to say affirmed it, but that made me think, like, oh, I, I was thinking that way. Yeah, it's like an indictment on the people that want to keep people out. Mm -hmm. So, so then, okay, so take this story, and, and you want to push it as far as you can. So it's it's the the Jew that's in the ditch. The respected, the orthodox. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, one that has it all together. And here comes the Samaritan, the enemy, the vile, the pig. Mm -hmm. Those were names that they were called. And it is the enemy that takes action to rescue the orthodox, the one that has his life together. Now, 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 think about that aspect of the story. Hey, as the church, we need to get out there and we need to reach the Samaritans. We need to help the, you know, we got to do good to the enemy and those that are lost and sinful. Well, here's an aspect of the story. The enemy 
the lost, the sinful, came and did something for the religious righteous person. Mm. Now, we don't think of it in those terms. No, no, we don't. All right, let, let, let's really press this. What, what does the world have to offer us? What do, again, think of it, what do our political enemies, what can they do for us? What, what about those people that don't have the right doctrine? Right, what can they do for us? What about people that live a sinful life? Could we invite them in? Could we, could, could we learn? Um, could we take the time to learn from them? Mm. What do they have to offer us yeah. that, would, that would be of benefit to us? And we would have to say, wow, man, thank you for saving us. Wow. Yeah. That, that go, that cuts, is it 180 degrees, yes. 90? It cuts somewhere between 90 and 180 degrees across my theological uh, position. Right. That is true. I'm the one that has something to offer. Right. I have the truth. I'm the one. Well, that's that's not the story Jesus told. No. Right. Again, don't you don't want Jesus telling the story. No. So I'm in the ditch. I thought I had it all together, but no, I really am not. I've been beat up by this. I need help. And it's my enemy, my viewed enemy. Viewed enemy. There you go. I like that. That, that comes along and rescues me. Yeah. That's amazing. That's upside down. That is very upside down. Just like kingdom thinking. So it's upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And and so, by the way, in, in the sermon, make this statement. Jesus did not care what the Samaritan believed. Yeah. Only what he did. He was honored for what he did. But Jesus, he doesn't have the right doctrine. He doesn't have the right lifestyle. He, he goes to the wrong church. He, he doesn't have his life together. Jesus says, so what? So what? You know what he did? He loved. You know what the ones that had the right doctrine, again, according to the story, yeah. right? The priest and the Levite, you know what the right doctrine folks did? Right on by. Walk by by. Right, just walk right on so, by. Oh, he deserved that. God did that to him. Yeah. So, yeah, and Jesus blows him up. I love that. It's uh, it's a very challenging story. It's it's gut wrenching, and it's amazing how um, we can, like you like you said in your sermon, you know, you've heard that story. You couldn't even count how many times you've heard that story, but then you read it again. Here we are now, and you're like, wow, I didn't think like that. That's amazing. I love scripture for that reason. Uh, you know, James one twenty two, Jesus' own brother, he says that. Uh, do not merely listen to the words so and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. From Jesus' own brother, says, go do what it says. Yeah, and, and think of that right before, do what it says. You can deceive yourself. Deceive yourself, yeah. To me, those are some of the scariest words in Scripture. That I get it that I could um, be deceived by somebody, and I could be deceived by the evil one, and I... But the very fact that I could be doing it to myself, yeah. by the way, in the name of Christianity, in the right. name of religion, in the name of my preconceived ideas and box, that in my heart of hearts, I, I have this box because I want to honor God, but I could be deceiving myself. Mm. That one's tough to swallow. Yeah, that hurts. 
Yeah. Uh, so next week, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm going right after Parable of the Good Samaritan. So we're going to be right in Mary and Martha's house. Oh. So, so we're going to be going right into that and, you know, priorities. We'll be talking about some priorities on this Sunday. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy um, your weekend. Thank you. And um, thanks again for bringing another sermon on Sunday. Um, and thanks again for making us feel uncomfortable. I'm sitting in the back of the auditorium, <laughs> just back there like, ooh, taking well, notes and just, mm, thank you. For what it's worth, I was really sweating doing the sermon, so I'm, I was sort of uncomfortable too. Well, see, I forgot to tell you this. Somebody turned up the thermostat the week before to brimstone for some reason. I have no idea why it was so hot up there, but I forgot to turn that back down. So I need to get with you on that. I had to turn that down. So right, yeah. get up there. That's important. Danny, anything else you want to say before we uh, before we bounce out of here? I'm getting ready to. Uh, should, should I say before we bust out of here? Yeah, we got bust up in there. <laughs> that was the phrase. But let's just bust up in there. Bust up in there. I love that. Yeah. No, nope, that's all for this week. Uh, looking forward to, again when we come when we come back talking about Jesus and how many festivals and celebrations and parties and weddings that he went to. That'd be awesome. Just look at it over and over and over again throughout the Gospels, and see what kind of um, application we can make for that. I love it. Yeah, thank you so much, Danny, and everybody else. Thank you so much for for tuning in. And if you have any kind of questions or comments, uh, send them into hcocdigitalmedia at gmail dot com, and we will get that uh, answered and discussed, and and maybe even have you on as a guest. So hey, that'd be nice, Danny. Thank you again. Have a great week. Thank you. God bless everyone.